Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. We've been discussing acceleration, meaning God wants to do more this year in your life, in my life, over a calendar year than he's ever been able to accomplish. And we are not waiting on him. He's waiting on us. When I, when I get in the Word and study this subject, I realize God moves at the rate of acceleration. And, uh, and what he's accelerating is redemption. What is redemption? Putting things back like they're supposed to be. Sunday we looked at Genesis chapter 1 and after chapter after Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 things were out of order and from Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 up to around verse 25 he's putting everything back God will not allow his plans to be thwarted and he will not allow I think it's a uh, Job 42.2, he will not allow his thoughts to be thwarted. That whatever he's planned, that's what he's going to do. And so he put everything back that was without form and that was void and where there was darkness. He began to restore everything over a, over a five-day period. On the sixth day, he had to... cut. He had to come up with another ruler to run this planet. And his decision was, let us make man in our image and likeness. And man is assigned to earth, and earth's intention is to look just like heaven. That's the objective. And it's never changed from Genesis chapter 1, even with the children of Israel, he told them they could have days of heaven on earth. If they would just live for him, they could have days of heaven on earth. If they would obey him, follow him, and keep his word. Then he comes to uh, the, the gospels, and he said, We are to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Earth and heaven are a unit, and they were to function as one, and heaven is the supply to the earth. So whatever conditions that are existing in heaven, man is to have those manifestations here on earth. But he can only have them if he is walking in complete fellowship with the Father and walking in total obedience. Does he have that ability to produce that authority? Uh, and manifested here on earth. And so um, our part in this plan of redemption is to believe the word that he's given us and first of all to change, then believe the word of God. People have almost a lifestyle of consistency and no change. And anytime you try to change that, it's a problem. Um, people don't like changes. I remember, I remember working 
get my job and my first professional job. Um, first professional job working with a Fortune 500 company right out of college. I remember the day they start talking about closing the plant. They start talking about closing the plant and I remember the whole day nobody in the front office worked. All people could talk about was the rumor that the plant was closing. They stopped working whatever, they, whatever projects they had on their desk, they stopped working. Why? Why? Because a change was going to hit their life. They was thinking about what happens if I don't have a job to go to? What, what happens if the checks stop coming in from this organization? What do I do? Those were the conversations all day for one day because fear had paralyzed the office and people actually stopped functioning. That change can be drastic enough to cause people to just to stop functioning. We have to be people to understand that change is a way of life. The greatest thing that happened to me was I left that place. <laughs> I left that place and went on to a better place. And uh, uh, one of the things I started learning, God's going to take care of you. Amen. God's going to take care of you. In the plan of redemption, he has a plan to take care of you. And I remember... I remember going to church one Sunday, and while all this was going on at work, and I was talking to this guy, and he finds out I'm an engineer. He says, why don't you come to the Corps of Engineers and work for me? I said, that sounds like a good deal. And I left. And it was a few months later that they started laying off at the plant, and I just said, well, look at Jesus. <laughs> I didn't miss a beat. I mean, I didn't miss a beat. In redemption, you don't miss a beat. You don't miss a beat in provision. You don't miss a beat in God's care. It doesn't matter what's going on in this planet. Redemption means that you have access to the purpose and plans of God to bring heaven on earth. If they are supplied in heaven, your supply doesn't stop because something changes in the earth. And change is good. And change is good. A lot of times we like, you know, we like things the same way all the time. And if somebody changes something, <laughs> maybe just move something on your desk. Boy, it is a problem. <laughs> if they just decide, you know, we close this road, we reroute traffic. Just because I go this way every day, you know, God may be trying to show you something on this new route. You may get to see a house that's yours or something that's yours. You know, when, when you are dealing with God, get ready for change. Amen. Amen. Get ready for change. Get ready for renewal all the time. Things can't stay the same. And I had to learn that. I had to learn what God, I, you know, moving, even though you're getting a brand new house, moving from the old one to the new one is change. And it can cause some emotions and feelings. You know, when we, when we moved into a new house, I didn't even think the house was mine. It took, it took several months that I realized that this is my house. Laying down in a new room and a new bed in a new neighborhood, it does something to, it did something to me, and I think it does something to other people. You have to adjust in every new phase of life that you go into. 
And sometimes people just rather just stay where they are than dealing with that adjustment. You know, if we're going to go on with God, we're going to have to make some adjustments. Amen. Amen. We're, going to have to, we're going to have to make some adjustments. We're going to have to make changes so that we can fulfill the plan of God in our lives. Let's go. I said, I, I mean, I'll go over to, uh, I'll go over to that scripture in just a minute. But go over to Romans chapter 12. Because change is going to come by the renewing of our minds. Amen. If you're going to be successful in acceleration, you're going to have to change. And what you're changing is, is the plan of redemption. The changes that I want implemented in my life are the changes that come through redemption. Amen. That I want to, I want to have the mindset that God's provision is always there for me, his healing is always there for me. It doesn't matter what changes on the planet, I can still have peace. I can still have peace. And change can come with challenges, it can come with trouble, it can come with trials, it can come with pressure. Change, nothing stays the same. I remember Dr. Jacob said, like it's nothing is forever. Amen, even though you're trying to keep it <laughs> the same, praise God. Amen. Things are going to change in your life. When I came into this, when we, when, you know, when we left Edmondson Pike and came here, I had some moments. I had, and we left fast, too. It was like the children of Israel leaving Egypt. <laughs> we left really fast. People were packing. I didn't even know we could mobilize that quick. Y'all did a real good job. I mean, y'all packed stuff up like y'all was leaving Egypt. <laughs> and like y'all had eaten, eaten the lamb and the, and the unleavened bread. And uh, y'all ate and took communion. And y'all was out of, y'all was off Edmondson Pike over here. And I mean, it just did a number on my head. And it did a number on a lot of people's head. And people said, what are we doing here? People were saying stuff like that. What are we doing here? We're following the plan of God. And uh, God helped me get through this. He said, this is not your second or third change. He said, this is your 11th move. Going to Dickinson Road will be the 12th. It may, be feel, it may feel better, but it's, it's a change. It is a change. He said, he told me, he said, you already moved 10 times. Why don't you count it? And I start counting every move we made in 24 years of serving God. That's not counting in my personal life. Changing jobs, changing cities, just following the plan of God. Dr. Dufresne says, when you find out what God's plan is for your life, do whatever it takes to fulfill his assignment. You do whatever it takes to fulfill his assignment. And it could mean changing people you're around. Say amen to that. If you ain't changed people, you ain't changed. <laughs> if you ain't changed people, you haven't changed. Because everybody's not good for your life. You just got to figure that out. I hope you figure that out. Everybody's not good for your life. I was talking to somebody today. He says, if you're going to live the blessed life, you're not going to be able to stand in the way of the sinner. Nor sit in the seat of the scornful. People that can't control their tongue. Amen. And, and, and stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful. And there's another one. Stand, sit in, and praise God. We'll look at Psalms 1 tonight. Turn over and look at it because you may need that. Praise God. He said, Pastor Rogan, you're moving around. I'm moving around to help you. Amen. Turn over here to Psalms 1. Sit in the seat of the scornful. Stand in the way of the sinner. And uh, you got to be, and taking the counsel of the ungodly. That's it. Amen. 
you are, Abraham had to change. He had to leave his home nation. He had to leave his family or he's not finishing. Changes have to be made. Amen. I'm not telling you to leave your first cousin. I'm just telling you that changes have to be made when it comes to fulfilling God's plan for your life. I remember I was talking to, I think I was talking to Javier the other day, and I said, you know, Dr. Jacobs had intercession. I went to his intercession team, and he, was, he would set all the chairs in a great big oval circle, and he'd walk down and pray over the vision of the church. And, and I was a part of those prayer meetings, and I remember one day he stopped in front of me. He said, you got three major decisions to make. Three major decisions. And then he took off walking again. Wait a minute. Come back. What are those three major decisions? Well, you know, the Holy Ghost is not going to tell you to, he's not going to have somebody minister that to you and keep it a secret. I figured out what it was. Number one, you got to make a decision that you're going to enter into the ministry. Number three, you got to move to Nashville. You have to move. You have to sell your house. You have to move to Nashville and start a church from the ground up. That's number two. Number three, you're going to have to change your career forever. You're going to have to leave the secular employment world for the rest of your life. You will be totally devoted to the word and to the ministry of the spirit for the rest of your life. Those are the three changes you have to make if you're going to fulfill the will of God for your life. Don't sit here tonight and think you're going to stay the same and stand before God and hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. You've been faithful over a few things and come up high. I'll make you rule over a minute. Because re redemption means a price has been paid for you and you are not your own anymore. You don't get to determine where you go to church, who you fellowship with, what direction and occupation in your life and you don't get to make those choices anymore the word has already made them for you if you listen to it there's changes you have to make God says I don't want you yoked together with an unbeliever I don't want you in fellowship with an unbeliever and forming a marriage covenant with me that's what your Bible say and if I set up and did the, and if I got in here and did the funeral, I'd have, I mean, not funeral, it probably would be a funeral. It is a funeral if you do that. It's going to be a funeral if you do that. Because you're going to be really sad. I'm telling you, your stuff going to be jacked up. But anyway, uh, I'm not saying that. Because the Bible says it is. You're not going to reach your full potential. You can't. You have, you have somebody pulling in your life another direction. Your children have to watch two opinions. They have to watch two lifestyles and make a decision. It's going to be trouble just because you didn't change to the word of God. Change is in order. If you're going to reach your full potential, and I don't know why a New Testament believer would live on this planet and make choices that doesn't fulfill their full potential. I don't know why a New Testament believer, and I understand why a person that's not saved would. I got that. I got why a person that is in a church that doesn't really 
help them fulfill their potential. There's places like that. But to get in a word and spirit church where God is giving scriptures to you where he says, I'll do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you ask or think. That ask whatever you want in my name and I will do it. Exceeding, Peter wrote, in great, exceeding great and precious promises where you are partaker of the divine nature, where you are learning that angels are around you and that you're in covenant with God. And if he said, if I freely gave you Jesus, I'll freely give you all things. How can you let anything change in the economy, any kind of downswing, make you think you're not going to be provided for? Or if something comes on the earth, it can, over, it can wipe, through, wipe my whole family out and kill us all. No, not if I'm in covenant with God. Now, I may have to learn how to walk in that. That's why I, I have to be here to renew my mind. Look what it says right here in Psalms 1. It says, blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. You don't go to people that don't know God and get counsel about your life. You don't do that. You seek God. You get in his word. You listen to people that know God. One of the things we talk to people about that are going to fulfill the plan of God in their life, who is your inner circle? When there's real crushing questions that come in your life, who do you call when the chips are down? What's that circle look like? Who are those people? Please don't tell me it's your first cousin <laughs> that you only see at family reunion. Please don't tell me that. That don't have our Bible. Seems to be real smart because they talk a lot. No, they need to be spiritual people. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And uh, let's go down here and look. It says, Blessed is the man that walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. Sinners means, it can mean, it can mean two ways. Sinner, can, sinner is a nature. Sinner is a It's not somebody that did something wrong. That's not what a sinner is. A sinner is a nature that is opposed to God. It is, it is an unborn-again nature. It's not a person that sinned and made a mistake. Sinner has to do with the nature of the person, that they are not born again. They are not in the family of God. Amen? He said, I don't want you standing with him. Now, he's not talking about not, you know, he's not talking about not, he's, talking about, he's not talking about, well, I can't go to work at this job because sinner's on my job. That's not what he's talking about. He said, then you'd have to leave the planet. He's talking about when you get ready to fellowship and it's, it's your choice environment, when you get ready to fellowship, you pick people that have the access to speak into your ear, to speak in your life, to enter your ear gates, to enter your eye gates, to derail your progression with God. That's your group. When we look at it, that's your group. And you wouldn't want somebody like pastor to see that group or just somebody like that. Amen. You see what I'm saying? 
It says right here, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. This is people that dishonor spiritual things, and they don't mind talking dishonor. They don't mind talking dishonor. He says, you know, and I remember I was at work one day, and this guy, i never forget this. He said, marriage is a bunch of blank, blank, blank. And it was very disrespectful. No, my Bible said marriage is honorable. It's honorable. But you can't build the house without God. It also says that. That except the Lord build that house. So, and I said this Sunday, you know, Pastor Cynthia and I, we got married. The word was our life. I wasn't going to marry somebody that just played with a Bible. That just passed by a word. Amen. It could be casual. They don't have to be a church. They don't have to. Be. Really, you know what? We could miss tonight. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't care. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how long your hair hit the ground. I don't know. I don't care what your, 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 your size was or whatever. I was not interested in raising children and have somebody compete with me or whether or not we're going to be a family to tithe or not. It had to be somebody that was going to go all the way with God. We used to have Bible studies, me and the guys, we would talk about who we were going to marry, how they was going to have to be able to look, uh, you know, uh, have that house looking like better cracker would have it looking and, and uh, you know, and all that stuff like that and cooking and all. Well, I didn't get everything, but, but praise God, I did pretty. I did really. <laughs> I'm the better cracker, but I like cooking. Amen. Praise God. But she always taught our children to honor God. That was the most important thing to me. I'd sit around and listen to people talk about how good they watched and cooked and all that. I said, I cook my own neck bones. But the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, I want to know if I need somebody to lay hands on me and be said, be made whole in the name of Jesus, amen, and would teach our children to honor God. That was most important to me. The Bible said a woman that fears the Lord. Amen, shall be prayed. And her children will rise up and call her blessed. Well, they honor her now because they, they know she, she, she promoted the presence of God in our home. Say amen to that. Amen. If you're single, I'm trying to say, I'm trying to help you. Amen. amen, I'm trying to help you. If you're married, I'm trying to get you to say, let's change. <laughs> let's get this thing going back in the right direction. Amen. Praise God. And if you, you know, you're down, you're down the road of peace, say, well, we're going to be able to help our kids. You, everybody's going to have to change. I'm just telling you right now, everybody is going to have to change. You can't be satisfied with the state of being you're in. The Bible says the perfect will of God for your life is change. You can be in a, you could be carrying a greater anointing than you're walking in right now. You could have a much better attitude right now, filling up on the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. I'm working on patience in my life. I don't, I don't, I don't have to. I, 
<laughs> I, the traffic don't have to move the way I'm. Somebody pull it in front of me. Don't, don't make me want to blow my stand up on my horn and, and wish something bad happened to them because they got in front of me. That may be somebody's grandparent that just pulled out. And I don't know why you said what you said. Now you feel bad when you pull up and look over. Oh, my God, what did I say? No, you got to be have some, some patience in this life. Amen. Praise God. The Bible said, matter of fact, through faith and patience, you inherit the promise. God's plan is working. Praise God. But look over here in Psalms 1. We have to change. We may even have to change our group. I may need to change to be a better marriage partner. I may have to go home and look at 1 Peter chapter 3 where it talks about, and don't read your mate's part. Because you can't make them do it anyway. No, you can't. You cannot make your mate do a thing. Has it been going? Has that been working out? Changing them. How's that been working out? How success, what kind of success rate you got? No, because I need to change. You may think, well, I'm doing more than them. Maybe you are. But are you walking in total Christ-likeness? Because the standard ain't competing with your mate in being more spiritual than them. The standard is Jesus. Are you there? Then we all got work to do. The standard is Jesus, not them. Pastor Cynthia is not my standard, but she's looking at my standard. Amen. You need to be looking at the same standard, and that's Jesus Christ. And we both need to be pursuing that. And we both need to be examining ourselves. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. You, you don't need to kick in yourself for the choice you made. You the one said I do. Say amen to that. Amen. amen. And don't get mad at me. Praise God, because I'm preaching real good. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And I got to ask myself, did I get excited about the word? Am I going to be excited tomorrow about the word? Amen. Because these things are required to see the change that God has for us. It says, in his law do he meditate day and night. How am I doing on day and night? Did I get day down right now? Did I get day down? Because we talked about you don't want to have zero days. You don't want to have zero days where you do nothing spiritually. Because you did nothing to help move yourself forward. You did nothing to move your family forward. You did nothing to help move the body of Christ, your local church forward, your family forward. Zero days of spiritual growth means we made no progression. Nothing accelerated. Praise God. Nothing accelerated. So it says right here, it says right here, his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his, he meditates day and night. Listen, meditation does not, does not require the entire Bible, but it does require the areas I need change in. So if my marriage is struggling, when did I look at the last responsibility I had in my marriage? When was the last time I went to the Word and just stayed there? You do not need to be reading Leviticus. Knowing that your marriage union needs help. You don't even need to be going over the prophecies of the church. I take care of that. You need to be fixing your union. You need to be making that better. 
The husband needs to be saying, do I love my wife like Christ loved the church? Am I really the savior of this body? Am I speaking life over this house? Am I speaking life over the children? Am I doing that? Am I giving of myself? That's a change. Am I giving of my own self and time to make this a better union? That may be the point of meditation that you need. I always tell people you read to the need. And you definitely meditate to the need. You find the things that, 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 are, that are critical and need to be changed. And you go to God with an open heart and say, whatever your word says, this is what I'm going to implement. I'm going to start working on these things. And a man does not have to go far to find out what he needs to work on. A married man doesn't. There's a person that has a list that's real close to you. <laughs> There's a person that's got a list that's real, and they give you the list real quick if you ask for it. They got the list that if you if you ask for it, they will give it to you. Praise God, Amen. And, and you can work on that, Amen. Praise God. Men don't have a list. I'm just telling you, they just can be numb. They can live on the bridge in the winter. They don't have to have much. They can, they can let, they can, they can, they can be satisfied with the status quo. You know, it, it was Eve that was out there talking. That she wasn't Eve, she was Adam. She's the one out there trying to get more change. And she ended up talking to the wrong one. She ended up talking to the wrong one. Why? She's hungry about progression. And typically women are hungry about progression. And that's why a man cannot drag. He cannot be the spiritual catch-up. Heinz 57. He cannot be the spiritual. No, 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 you can't. Why? Because you're the covering. God ain't going to change your role just because your wife is aggressive to the to the back. He's not going to change your role. You are the head of the union. You affected no matter what rate you are moving at. You're going to have an effect on that home because he will not change your calling and office in that home. He's not, going to change the, he's not going to change the mantle on my life if I don't use it. I use my mantle. I expect people to be blessed in this ministry. And it's working for those that will work with me. Amen. It'll, it'll work for those that will work with me. I, will, I do magnify my office in this church. Amen. And people are being blessed if they're listening. Amen. The church is the place of change. He said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not decelerate your life. And I give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you lose on earth, heaven will back you up. Amen. Amen. And if you put that man and that woman together in the place of, that's why, man, that's why challenges come against the house so much. Because the devil does not want unity personified. He does not want it personified. He don't want it personified in your home. He don't want it personified with your kids. And he doesn't want it personified in the church. And he doesn't want unity personified in a nation. He doesn't. He thrives off 
division, strife, envy. Because he knows wherever that is, he gets to operate. You better be careful about the strife in your house because it's always costing you something. I'm preaching real good right now. And I ain't got my... It's always costing you something because he, he can thrive in that environment. He can work in that environment. The Bible said where that envy and strife is every evil work. He likes to work in that. Sometimes it's just better to be quiet. When you know, the Bible said, endeavor to keep the bond of peace. You're supposed to go to the next level. Endeavor means to strive. You're supposed to go to the next level to make sure strife doesn't exist in your home. Even if you got a Bible said, put, put your hand over your mouth. Every, every person ought to be swift to listen. Slow to give your opinion. But the devil's got that in reverse in people's house. Everybody's fast. Let me tell you about you. Come on now. Don't shout me down. I'm preaching good. I'm trying to get you blessed, though. This is a blessing. I want to hear about the blessing. Well, we own it right now. I want to hear about acceleration. Well, we own it right now. Amen. Because we're talking about change. Amen. He says, right, he meditate day and night. How is my day and night? Day and night can be just this simple. It can be just this simple. Okay, this is what I need to work on. Turn over here to 1 Peter chapter 3. And it says right here, It says right here, verse 7. My day and night can be verse 7. If I want to see my home accelerate, if I want to see my marriage accelerate. It says, likewise, you husband, dwell with your wife according to knowledge that you need to understand who you married. Amen. Amen. You need to understand who you married. You cannot say, well, you know what Pastor Cynthia's like. It. No, because you're not married to Pastor Cynthia. I am. You the one said I do. You the one said I will. Do I dwell with her according to knowledge? Am I knowledgeable about likes and dislikes? And am I sensitive to it? Am I? And if I'm not, this will be a good place to meditate in the morning and to meditate at night. Amen. Amen. Because I need to implement some kind of change. This is what I loved about recreation in Genesis chapter 1. God did not try to fix everything today. It took six days. But he is not going to move off his agenda of redemption putting things back where they're supposed to be. And the Bible is giving us God's image concerning the home. This is how he saw it working. He sees a man that's knowledgeable about the woman he's 
in marriage covenant with. He's told to leave his mother and father and cleave to her for the purpose of doing what? To know her. To dwell with her according to knowledge. Evidently, you have to have, the, the husband has to have knowledge about who she is for that home to function. Because one of the things she's going to be concerned about, do you care about who I am? And are your words promoting that? You can't promote what you don't know about. You cannot, you cannot speak words that build and edify if you don't know what you build it. So he says, dwell with her according to knowledge. What is going to help her reach her full potential? Because all Jesus is doing in my life is trying to help me fulfill my full potential. Now, when a woman is single, Jesus is helping you feel your full potential. The head of every man is Christ. The head of every married woman is the husband. You invoke that headship in your life. It was your choice to enter that covenant. And you do well to make sure the person is motivated about your progression. Because he says, dwell with her. Are you with me tonight? Yes. Amen. Scott, Brother Scott said, it's going to be one of the best messages you ever preach. He had faith about tonight. Because <laughs> I left my Bible at home, I'm using his. These are, if you don't like tonight, these are Brother Scott's notes. <laughs> if this is really bothering you, it's Brother Scott's notes. Hey, man, he's got all this in his Bible. Praise God. And I'm just following that because mine is at home. I ran out of the house. I don't like having so much going on. It says, dwell with her according to knowledge. You can stop right there. God help me develop a knowledge base. It's all the words you need. Don't even go to the rest of the verse. You're done. You're done. Meditation, you can't meditate the whole Bible. Meditation is strategic. It's about what you want to see come into real life in your life. It's about something you want tangible in your life. But listen, once you create that day, and once you accept, once God got to working on the first day, it was over with. Life be, we got it. That's getting it was good. Amen. And it was good. And so as I develop, I get gooder and gooder. Come on now. If things get good, praise God, my knowledge about her is good to promote a healthy, productive, growing home that the children can witness and see, that my daughters begin to see that a man should know more about you than your size. Amen, praise God. She has this knowledge of you, the thing that makes you click like God created you to. That he's a part of that. He's, he's a part of that. God has always been involved in it. God has already prom always promoted it. 
but he took the covenant to help promote it. He's a part of that. I have a tangible person in my life speaking blessing, speaking grace, speaking encouragement because they know me. And evidently there's an anointing to know them because God wouldn't give you the assignment to know something you couldn't learn. God never gives responsibility without an ability. So evidently you got, you got a mantle on you to know her. You can just tell her that I'm going to know you. Ain't nobody going to know you like me. Because <laughs> I'm anointed to know you. I got grease on me to know you. My cup runneth over. Amen. There's an anointing on you to do it. God didn't ever ask you to do something in your own ability. This is called grace. He helps you do it. If you're willing and you're obedient and you want to do it. And, you, and he sees you, oh, you're going to that. The Holy Ghost looks at you, oh, you're going to go to that verse. This is what we're going to work on? Let's do this. And it will get established in your life. And it will become a manifestation. And you're going to see it blossom. You're going to see it grow. He says right here, that can just be just that phrase is according, dwell her according to knowledge. Amen. Giving honor. Honor. Notice it's giving it. Notice it's giving it. The covering has to be the biggest giver. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. God wants that man to be so blessed. He wants you to be the biggest giver in that house. Not because you got the best job. It's because these words are words of grace. God don't, you can't implement the word in your life by yourself. He's the one that's got to do that. This is his ideal. This is not, this is not psychology today. This is the power of God today. And he will empower you to give honor. Give honor as the week of, then say she was the week of essence. He says, she's, treat her like China. Don't treat her like Tupperware. But you drop and kick and slam in the cabinets and sit in and slam Tupperware in the cabinets. No, China is treated totally different. Amen. And guess what? Men don't come, ladies, with this accessories already. Unless they, unless they, have, been, unless they have meditated this. Unless they meditate this, they typically don't come like this. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I need somebody that's willing to... Y'all passed the test. <laughs> Flying colors. I need somebody that's willing to change. It's not about having all your ducks in a row because you can't get them in a row. It's about God, here I am, an empty vessel, a clean canvas. Write on me who you want me to be. And guess what? We get to go in the word and choose who we want to be. This is a choice. I can choose to be a person that knows you. I can choose to be a person that honors you. I can choose to put you on a pedestal. I didn't deserve to sit in heavenly places next to Jesus based on my performance. 
No, he put me there by grace. He called me more than a conqueror by grace. He called me perfected by grace. He called me righteous by grace. He called me more than a conqueror by grace. It's not something I made myself. He made me righteous. It's what he made me. How did he make me this way? He always sends his word. And the word was God. And the word is God. And whatever is made is made by the word of God. And because he made you in his image and likeness, he knew you and I could look just like him. All we have to do is put the word in our hearts, in our minds, and in our mouth. And that's who we become. And whoever I am today is because of what's got in my heart, what's got in my mind. Whatever behavior you see coming out of me is a behavior that I have ingrained in myself over the years. I, it's been imposed in me or I accepted it. So all I got to do is change. All I got to do is be committed to change. He says it's right here. I can meditate this. I can choose to meditate this this month. I can choose to do it day and night. That's what's so awesome about the word of God. You can get as much as you want. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's what we're reading tonight. Amen. Praise God. He says right here, as the weaker vessel, being heirs together. The devil would like two people working at two beats, drum beats. No. The marriage covenant in the kingdom of God won't let you operate like it. My way and your way. My speed and your speed. It will not let you do that. The word of God will not let you, not bless you as an independent functioner in your home. Not what I'm going to read. It will not. You can do it, but the blessing won't be on it. He says right here, he says, he says, um, heirs together of the grace of God, and it should say not being bitter. Not being bitter. Evidently, men have a tendency to get bitter. You can get bitter because somebody's just not like you. They just do things a little bit different. Pastor Cynthia does things a little bit different than me. She comes out of the house a little bit later. You know, you know, praise God. It's most of the time she's a little bit late. But she's putting that lipstick on for me. She's putting those curls in those heads for me. And I had to realize I need to be a little bit more patient because what's coming out? It's for me. Behold what you see. <laughs> she said this morning we had to go up and look at the building. I said, come on, go with me. Because I like when she get in the car with me. But she's going to come out the door later. So I blew the horn one time. Bump. I said, I, you know, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I had to get up there. So this for a few minutes. I laid on there just a little bit longer. Oh. And she noticed the difference in honks. She said, that second one, you laid on the horn, didn't you? <laughs> we ought to just be glad we got somebody to go somewhere with us. 
Amen. Just because they come out the door a few minutes later than you, I need to think, you know, I could be going up here by myself. Amen. I could be doing this by myself. But I got somebody to go up here and look at this with me because we're ass together. God put that woman in that man's life so he didn't have to look at the gold in the earth and the onyx and the stone and the perfect trees. He said, it's not good for him just looking at it by himself. Why would you like to go up in Gallenberg and just get a log cabin by yourself in the fall and just look at the orange leaves all by yourself? You're going to be trying to, ain't that, did anybody hear me? <laughs> You're going to be looking for somebody out there, isn't this beautiful, y'all? <laughs> because yeah, life is meant to be shared. Amen. I don't know who I'm preaching this for, but it's all Scott's notes. Life is meant to be scared. It's not scared, but shared. Amen. Praise God. As together of God's grace and God's ability. That's what he said right there, isn't it? Isn't that what he says right here? And then he says, verse 7, finally, be all of one mind. How do you come one mind? You got to talk. You got to talk, and you can't be frustrated by somebody's questions. And I have to be careful about that because I know a lot about construction and everything, and then pass the sentence start talking. <laughs> you don't need to know. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I just stop. He said, why is that man putting that in there like that? No, you got to see this floor pass. Uh, Candace got this guy. He's cutting tile. I mean. This guy is, it is detailed. I mean, he's cutting like this marble tile because of the shape she wanted in this floor in the foyer. It's detailed. And it takes time to take that type of blade to cut that type of material and go around and cut that round. Perfection, I don't want no others. I don't, know, I don't want no wobbly circles. If it's going to be circles, it needs to be circles. Amen. I don't want chips and then, and then well, you tried to chip it. And, and he's cutting them to perfection. And he had one laying over against the wall and she didn't see that. And all he cut, because when we left, he started cutting. And we got back, it looked like he was at the same place. She said, what has he been doing this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> and only, for, only way for us to be of one mind, I got to explain this to her. I can tell her, be quiet. You don't cut towel. <laughs> I couldn't tell her that. Or I could say, come on over here. And, I'm a, and, and, and my tendency is, you know what? When, did you, when, your, when did your daddy started laying towel, you didn't grow up in a house where they laid towel, so you don't know nothing about this. Get in the car, be quiet, and be. <laughs> it was really a trip one time. I was in this restaurant. And this is how men are. I was in this restaurant one time, and this little boy, he was in trouble. And his mama was talking to him and his granddaddy. And it was a little, it was a little Asian restaurant. And his mama was talking to him and his granddaddy because he had got in trouble at school. And they were all on him, just grilling him about, you know, being obedient, being honorable and respectful at school. And, 
And the grandmother came out because she wanted to jump in and, and help grill him and, and, and get on him. And the granddaddy looked at her because they old school, you know. Shut up and get back in the kitchen as soon as she started talking. And she turned around and went right back to the kitchen. <laughs> I said, you better be glad you old school because these young ladies now, they'll be going to the kitchen, but they'll be coming out with something from the kitchen. <laughs> they'll be coming out with something from the kitchen. And uh, you probably won't be quiet when, when they put what they're going to put on you. But to be of one mind, I got to stop and talk to her about Tyler. If we're going to talk about this together, if we're going to achieve this, this is why if you're going to say I do, get ready for a life of patience. Get ready for a life of patience. Get ready for a life of patience. It says, <laughs> I remember this woman, she's talking about her husband. She said, I didn't want to get married. I didn't have time to train another one. This is what's her second man. I, I, I ain't got time to be training you. She said, I, I, I just told him. I said, you're going to be a quick learner. She told him, and she said, I told him, you're going to be a quick learner. You know, I done been through this once. I ain't got time to be training you. I'm looking for somebody that done graduated and got a diploma in husbandship. <laughs> Look at everybody wants some already made up. Well, praise the Lord. Praise God. I, I hope you get everything you want. And um, it says right here that you all be of one man having compassion. One, listen, this, this, this takes compassion. Ah, the Bible said Jesus saw them families out there. The Bible said he was moved with compassion. This is going to take some compassion. Am I describing anything that looks like you? Because if not, you're going to have to change. If you want this, you're going to have to change. Amen. It's got to be. If the devil comes in your life, pulls all the compassion out of you, pulls all the patience out of you, pull all the willingness to change out of you, pull all the kindness out of you, and you become a person in a union, nobody can live with a stone. Nobody can just live with a shell with no God in them. Listen, mankind does not work without the image of God. It doesn't work. You ought to look at our world today. It doesn't, mankind does not work without the image of God in it. And Jesus came back to this planet to show us what the image and likeness of God was like in a man. And the planet hadn't seen it for over 4,000 years. From the first Adam to the second Adam, you're reading about dead, unregenerated people. And even though God gave him an old covenant, he still had to write a stipulation for divorce. I couldn't understand why it happened. I do now. I know why they happened. People get like Popeye. I done took all I can stands. Have you ever seen Popeye? Popeye.
Popeye would go off, straight off. And because and Brutus kept messing with him, that's an old cartoon, y'all ain't seen it. And Brutus would kept messing with him. What was his girlfriend's name? Olive. Oh, was they married or was they shacking? I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, they Brutus was messing with her. I think it was his girlfriend. Popeye wasn't right. And then Popeye wasn't right himself. But anyway, <laughs> he kept messing with Popeye and kept messing with, was it Lois? Was it? No. Olive oil. I'm, mess, I'm talking about Superman girlfriend. But anyway, he kept messing with olive oil until Popeye said, I took all I can stand. And he, had, he didn't have good grandpa. I think he was Irish. If you are, I'm not messing with you. He said, I took all I can stand. And I can stand, and he didn't use a D or Z. I can stand no more. How many of you in here tonight can stand no more? I just want to pray for you tonight. <laughs> I want to pray for you tonight. Hey, you need deliverance. Hey, man, you can stand no more. <laughs> anyway, praise God. It can happen. Don't think it can't. And because you can have so much pile in you that you start moving to unforgiveness. You can have it. They should have known better by now. Yeah, they should have. They should have. They should have. But the question is, do you want to fix this? That's all they need to know. I can tell you which way to go. I can tell you which way to go. I can tell you your outcome. All you got to do is ask me one question. Do you want to fix this? Do you want this fixed? If you say yes, you're going to have to change. You're going to have to forgive going to have to repent. But if you determine that they should have fixed this by now, they should have gotten it together. Peter said, you mess up seven times. That's what Peter said. That's what he said. It's in the Bible. Peter said, if you mess up seven times, I can stand no more. And so, and he said, he said, that ought to be the end of them, Jesus. And Jesus said it, if it was seven times seven. Seven times seven. And then Peter messed up himself. The Bible tells you, you better be careful. It tells you about that. You better be careful until you consider yourself. And he denied Jesus. And then they made eye contact. Covenant. And his soul destroyed his consciousness and his esteem that he quit the ministry altogether. This is what we have to understand. That without forgiveness, we quit. Without forgiveness, the only alternative is quit. Because the person has cut me off. If I'm cut off, even if I want to move forward, they are saying no. And God says, the reason why I let them write the bill of divorcement, because people have the capacity to get so hard, they say you reach your seventh time. 
They said you reached it. I had a limit. You didn't know? You didn't know? I had a limit. I had a limit for your imperfection. I had a limit. And buddy or sister, you just tapped into it. And I'm done. So Moses, because they are unregenerated people, these are dead spirits that you're dealing with. Write the bill. Because they got hardness of heart. Write it. And you're not going to kick the girl out and put out in the street so you can bring Susie in here. That's what God told them. I know what you're thinking. You're looking down the street, aren't you? No, you're going to treat her with separation of honor. And it's so much honor what God wrote about the bill of divorcement. Our courts use it to this very day. You're not putting her out without nothing. I'm not doing that. But Jesus said this over in Mark eleven twenty four. This is, I'm changing the standard for the new creation. That ain't written in the old covenant. It's written in the new. I'm changing the standard because when you become my people, you are made in my image and my likeness. My spirit is on the inside of you. And if you would live with your spirit in the forefront instead of your feelings in the forefront, which happens to be your soul. And y'all, all of us going to have to forgive some people because some, some folks done done some stuff. Right. Amen. I know what you want to do. I know you got your AK in the truck. And I know you want to go shoot it in the air. Amen. I know some people will make you shoot it in the air. <laughs> it's some people, man, man. It's some people that get so mad, they shoot their AK in the air. You've seen them on the news. They are mad. <laughs> they are mad, man. I'm telling you, man. They mad. That's not normal. There's some folks that don't mess with you. And people can mess with you in this life. Am I helping anybody tonight? I thought you wanted an accelerated yield. You can't go mad at people. <laughs> you, you accelerate with a frown on your face. <laughs> He's going down, going 100 miles an hour in the plan of God. <laughs> accelerated. Accelerated and, and, and scowling all the way. Ah, it's accelerated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be blessed more than I ever been blessed. Ah. <laughs> no, you can't do that. Somebody tell your neighbor, you can't do that. Now he said, if you don't forgive them, I won't forgive you. Because guess what? We have to everybody's best potential. And I'm not going to remind you of your failure so you can't remind others. Because we're after everybody's best potential. One of the best messages I heard T.D. Jakes ever preach, he said, Father, forgive them. Oh, no, you don't get forgiven for hitting me in my face for nothing. You don't get forgiven for plucking out the beard 
directly out of my faith. You don't get forgiven for the thorns on, and you impressed them in my, and you knew I was innocent. You don't get forgiven for falsely charging me. You don't get forgiven for that. You don't get forgiven for stripping me of all my clothing and all the wealth on my bodily person and tie me to a post and beat me till all of my skin is falling off. I can't even be recognized as a man anymore. Making me struggle and carry a cross from a distance is inconceivable to walk in the heat. You don't get forgiven for nailing a wooden post through my joints and through my, you don't get forgiven of that. You don't get forgiven mocking me after you've given me your, the worst you could give me. You don't get forgiven of that. You don't get forgiven because you are tired of the crucifixion. You want to meet it death and you decide to pierce my side with spear. You don't get forgiven for rushing my burial, putting me in a borrowed tomb. You don't get forgiven. Before he gave up the ghost, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's what God says. I want you to dwell with them according to knowledge because I want you to know what you're doing. I want you to know what you're doing. Knowing he was going to pay that price for us. And he wasn't forgiving them except for one reason. If he doesn't, he doesn't come out of that tomb. Because unforgiveness leaves you with a tormentor. Unforgiveness leaves you with a tormentor. Even though you take your bill of divorcement and you go into the next relationship, you take something with you there. You take a suitcase of unforgiveness. It's what you take. And as soon as somebody looked like, they just see, you even breathe like him. <laughs> oh, no. Tell you right now, this ain't going to fly. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> they spend their whole, they spend the whole marriage trying to convince you they're not them. I'm not him or I'm not her. That's why those unions are 75% failure. Because if you packed a suitcase of unforgiveness, that luggage travels with you and the demons in it. And as soon as you pop the latches, we're moving in. More than your clothes come out of there. And demons coming out. We're home, finally. We're home. <laughs> Let's get to work, boys. <laughs> you don't think he says that? You need to read Matthew chapter 12. Let's get to work in here, boys.
Now, let's go back to Psalms 1. You meditate day and night. You read and meditate to the need. There was no need of God putting a tree out there the first day. You couldn't see it. It said darkness covered the whole thing. The earth was our form. There's no need of putting a tree out there and you can't see it. There's no need of buying furniture for the new home if you mean. Nobody's going to be able to appreciate it with all the unforgiveness in there. First things first, light has to come first. You got to get light. Jesus said his word is light. You have to meditate. You have to put his word first place. And that's what you're doing being here tonight. You're putting the word first place. He said in his word do he meditate day and night. You're getting light day and night. And the light is getting on the inside of you. And once you take that meditated word, then you go talk to the Father. I'm supposed to be different in this union. And this is not a work. This is a grace. By grace are you saved. It's not of works. Grace is God's ability imposed on your heart, causing you to be what he created you to be. Grace is an ability. Father, I need the grace to know this person. I'm asking you to help me. You said if any man, any man, I could boldly say the Lord is my helper. And you stand before him and you receive the grace to be the best mate you could be in that union for the person you married. This is what you said you got to do. In his word, do you meditate day and night? He shall be like a tree. Tree doesn't reach in its full potential in one day. It says you're going to be like a tree. The tree just keeps getting tall every day. It just keeps receiving from the soil. It just keeps receiving nutrients. It just keeps receiving the water. If you just keep receiving the word and you keep receiving day and night, he says you're going to be like a tree. I mean, when we was growing up, the tree in our front yard was the smallest in the neighborhood. And I noticed it. I walk up the tree. I used to get mad at our tree. You little bitty old pruning tree. We can't even climb up in you. We can climb up in every tree in the neighborhood but you. How did you get to be in my front yard? The tree didn't pay me no attention. <laughs> no, I didn't. Tree can listen to you. It didn't pay me no attention. <laughs> we used to climb up in it because we thought it would get a little bit big and we'd break a limb off. Look at you, tree. The tree didn't get discouraged. It just kept receiving from the ground. Amen. Come on now. It just kept receiving from the ground. It just kept, it just kept getting its share of the rainwater that hit. It just kept going through its season. I don't care if you don't like me, Keith. I get another ring this year. If I just stay consistent, I'll get another ring. I'll get another growth ring. Amen. Praise God. People don't want to see you when, you, when you when you're collecting growth rings. They want you when you're out here like this. Well, now when I pass through the neighborhood, look at me now, Keith. <laughs> look at me now. I'm the biggest in the neighborhood. 
Everybody else said, that off with me. Tornadoes got them. Hurricanes got them. The wind got them. The owners cut them off too close to the house. But look at me. I'm like the tree that got planted by the rivers of water. I'm still producing. I'm the biggest one in the neighborhood. And God says, that's how the person will be. If you just keep getting my word, I'm going to make you bigger. I'm going to make you better. I'm going to make you stronger. I'm going to make you faster. I'm going to make you more glorious than you've ever perceived. He shall be like this. That's what he said. He shall be like the tree. Planet that bring forth fruit in his season. If you are dedicated today and night and you are dedicated to meditation and you are dedicated to take God a word you meditated, that's exactly what you're getting ready to be. And don't let anybody discourage you because you're not the biggest tree in the neighborhood. Just keep saying I'm working on something. I'm working on something. Amen. He says, he shall bring forth fruit in his season. Don't you be discouraged. You got a season. God had to tell me this about this church from a small seed. Some people don't want a seed. <laughs> you can't buy a big gigantic tree. Did you notice that? If you ever been to the nursery, you cannot buy a gigantic tree. And to move something that's really big, it takes a lot, and it may not make it. It may not make it. I don't know why you're trying to get a big tree. <laughs> People want big. <laughs> they want to go to the nursery. You know, you can get them so big, but they're still. If you can move it, it's not maturity. Because you can go up them big redwoods in California. You ain't moving them, baby. I don't care how bad you want in your yard. You can come here and see it. But you're going home when you get through looking. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is telling you to work on your home. That's what he's saying tonight. Work on your family. Amen. Hallelujah. Work on your home. And tell people, once you get your, once you have glorified your home and glorified your wife, y'all can look, but you ain't taking them. Just tell them that. You can come in and mind, but you ain't taking nothing home with you. She got roots, baby. <laughs> she got roots. She got to live here. You can't afford this now. You know how much loving it takes to keep this big tree? You know how much giving it takes? I know you like the way it looks, but you ain't seen the root yet. Because the root is underground and you can't see it. You can't afford them roots. So just hope and keep going. Say amen. He shall be like a, that's planted by the rivers of water that bring forth his, his leaves shall not wither. Shall not wither. And 
Whatsoever. I just told you the key to success in life. Whatsoever. I don't care if it's raising his kids. I don't care if it's his occupation. It's whatsoever. I don't care if it's starting a business. It's whatsoever. I don't care if it's marriage. It's whatsoever. Because the word makes everything that is made. If it's made and it looks like heaven, the word made it. So you are the prophet of your own life. You get some help tonight. Just lift your hands to heaven.